Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And actually, it's kind of it's a trouble time. So it is a Judd and Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist, my good buddy who joins us uh, once a week to talk about the world of basically Minnesota sports and all its dysfunction. What's going on, Chipper? Jelly, I just got through reading the Stefan Diggs feature from ESPN from my, my good buddy who wrote it, Sam Borden. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it confirmed what we said and heard all along, right? That uh, his issue was with the offense and not the quarterback, which I think we, we thought that was the case. But to hear him kind of articulate that was, was the first time, I think. Yes. Yes. Do you – so when when you read that, Mm-hmm. Do you think to yourself uh, more about uh, what Diggs had to say and, and the, the fact that he clearly didn't like what the Vikings were doing? Do you see that more as a slight on Stefan himself, or do you stop and say, I wonder why the Vikings didn't at least entertain or listen to what he was saying? Yeah, I think it's probably both. Now, I don't like the way he went about it. Um, obviously, you know, skipping practice and all that. But I do think when you have a guy that's that talented and is that integral to what you're doing, I think you have to at least um, try to understand him, right? Or, or yes. I hate yep. to say appease. Is that the word that you're looking for? No. I, mean, I, you, I think, but I think you do have to appease certain players. You know, if they're your best players, everybody's not treated equally. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's, I do think it's on the Vikings and, you know, for him, like I said, I don't, I don't agree with the way he went about it, but he made a career decision and it, you know, he, he realized that he wasn't going to get as many passes or be as big a, a part of the offense as he wanted to be. And so he forced his way out. I think to what you're saying, Chip, I think you need to, your first phrase was exactly right. You need to understand it. Because, and especially now when a player at a position that is as as important to the National Football League as Diggs' position is in 2020, I think you need to understand where he was coming from as to not potentially repeat the same mistakes with a guy like Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I, if you were going to say, listen, Stefan, we're not going to do what you want. We're sorry. Uh, we'll trade you. I think you at least need to know exactly where he was coming from and say, is this the wise move? And I don't know in retrospect now 
if the Vikings um, took it seriously enough. And I do have concerns that if they continue to operate uh, for a few seasons like they're operating now, that they Mm -hmm. are going to have the exact same problem because eventually a kid like Jefferson, who's a great player, is going to rightfully come back and say, is this really how you can how you plan to run your offense for a sustained period of time? Yeah, and he, and, and Diggs had that quote um, where he didn't name who it was, but he basically said he lost trust um, in a person where he said, you know, basically don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. And, yep. and he said he felt like he was inauthentic. Yep. Uh, he, he didn't say who he was talking about. I, I don't know if it was Philman or if it was Zimmer or, or who, um, but clearly there was a uh, breakdown in communication along the way there. And, and maybe part of that was his immaturity. Maybe it was just, you know, Zimmer saying, this is what we're doing and I'm not discussing it. I, I don't know. We don't know what was going on behind, behind the scenes, but uh, yes, you do not want, history to repeat itself right you don't want no um, exactly you have this young star you want him to um you know i mean that's the thing it's like jefferson needs to be a focal point of this offense i don't know as much as as dalvin is but going forward i mean he, he you know he, he can't be just like um wondering you know where he fits in the offense and so yeah i mean it's um you would hope that they learn from whatever happened with Steph that, you know, it doesn't come up and repeat itself again. All right. So did did you happen to catch Zim's press conference on Wednesday? <laughs> All three minutes of it? Yes. Two word answers. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I sense he's wound a little bit tight bears week, Chipper. Is he, is he, is he mad at the situation, the kicker, the media? What's, what's he mad at? Um, I don't, I don't know, but he's mad at somebody. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, and it, it, Mike typically gives us one or two of those a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of those ones, I don't care what you asked, you were getting a two-word answer. Uh, we'll see or a shrug. Um, but he's definitely <laughs> mad about something. Yeah, he was, um, he was, I, I think it's, so if, we tried to rank who he is mad at right now, Chip Scoggins. I think we would start with probably the kicker, right? Sure. Uh, we'd move to hmm, who would be second on on his list? The media well, probably, or or well, the referees? I'm he, well, I'm guessing he's probably still mad at the, the league and the and, yeah. and the referees. Um, and then I'm assuming us, right? On you know, he made a comment where we're trying to second guess or run guys out of town. It's like. Your kicker just has missed how many kicks? You cut Dan Carlson two games into his career, Mike. My guess is, I think he's probably frustrated that he can't do anything about it because they they can't change kickers at this point. If if there was no COVID, I think they would have. Yes. But with the protocols and how many uh, tests does a guy have to pass before he's allowed to play or be around the team? It's like a week's worth, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like you can just. You know, in the old days, you just, you know, last year, you could just plug a kicker in. He's kicking for you on Sunday. You can bring him in on Friday if you wanted, and he's kicking for you. Um, now, whatever the protocol steps are in terms of testing and, you know, isolation and all that, um, it's just not as simple as being able to pluck a guy off the street and, and put him into your locker room. And so I don't know if Zim's frustrated by that. That, I mean, unless they were going to 
turn it over to the uh, practice squad guy who they cut. Um, I just don't, I just yes. don't know that it was realistic that you're going to be able to change kickers in one week, right? No, no. Well, okay. If if to your point, if it wasn't COVID times, and I think if they thought that they were really good, they they might try. But I think that they're confused, rightfully so. And so, um, yeah. And plus. Because the uh, pr- the practice squads now basically took the gloves off on what it's up to like fifteen or sixteen guys on practice squads, yeah. and you you can have veterans on your practice squad. There's a lot of kickers employed elsewhere who you would have basically had to call and take off practice squads. So, but I mean, Mike, Mike, I when it comes to the two positions that I think drive him crazy, right, are quarterbacks and kickers, mm-hmm. and I think he finally thought, as we all did, hey, you know what? Bailey's 32. He's kicking pretty damn well. You finally, you have finally found a guy who can tolerate you and probably just as importantly or more so Chip Scoggins. Um, you know, the toleration goes both ways where Zim does yeah. not get as, as mad. And now you've gone through two consecutive games and one in particular at Tampa where it's not bad. It is a disaster kicking wise. Yeah. And, and Zim gives. Uh, and probably not like unlike most coaches, there's a lot of leeway to veterans, right? But we know Zim is always going to decide on veteran, whether it's veteran coaches, veteran players. And so there's probably part of him, too, that he's been more um, – he's been nicer about Dan Bailey than he has been with kickers in the past, yeah. whereas I love the kid, I, you know. He's got to, you know, all that he, that he said, but he's also in the same breath will acknowledge. Every time he's talked about it, he's kind of talked in circles, right? That yes. He likes him. He, he knows that he's had a you know a good career, but he can't ignore the, you know, what he's done last year. But he calls him so. a kid, and the man is 32 years old. I know, he ain't I a know. kid, Mike. I know. Well, Jack, can you imagine if he misses his first extra point on Sunday? Well, here's oh, the good God. news. No fans. <laughs> No fans is the good news because you talk about toxic that oh that God. place with what fifty five sixty thousand fans the capacity oh. would how toxic would that be? Oh. Well, if that thing was full the first time he trotted out on the field, how much tension and pressure you think he would have felt on that one? And then if he would have missed it, it would be. But it's just hey, let's say you know I assume they're sticking with him now. They have to probably um, if if he misses one early kick. Zim's going to abandon everything and, and coach the game that way, right? You're going for two. You're not going to, yeah. you know, if you get in fourth downs, you're probably going to go for a lot of fourth downs um, if it's a long field goal. So it, it definitely would affect how he coaches the game like it did last week. Oh, yeah. He, and, and he will. So it, if they score a touchdown, do you think first touchdown that the Vikings score? Do you think he kicks the PAT or goes for two? I think he does because if you – Here's the thing, because let's say it happens in the first quarter and you go for two, then Bailey's probably like, oh, my God, they don't trust me, and now, now you – He's you know, right. He's right, but you may need him later in the game. And it's probably one of those things, Jeff. He just needs it, like, with the basketball and the shooter, just see one go through, right? And then you think it might be – at least he can exhale. I'm sure there's so much pressure on the guy right now. but So I don't think he would do that. Um because if you you know you might lose him mentally for the rest of the game if you go for two and he's thinking nobody trusts me and whatever you know later on if he has to make an important kick is he going to be in the right frame of mind so um, I I would be 
surprised if he does it. I think they want to see him have one go through early. It'd be nice, but my God, I mean that that game in Tampa, the the game that Carlson missed, he didn't miss a PAT, but he missed the three field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was probably the most painful kicking game that I could have seen from a Viking this kicker. Was, this was worse. Yeah. This was worse. This yeah, was worse. This and is. and the problem too is is now the field goal attempts against the Bucks that Bailey had chipper. Yeah. weren't weren't in the area code by the end. No. Like they were sailing they were sailing to like St. Pete and Fort Myers by the end. Well that's the thing, Judd. I mean it felt like when you watch those he could have kicked ten from different distances and he was going to miss ten. Yes. I mean he was not going to make from anywhere. Um and that's why you know when Zim had him kick that fifty four yarder, um it's just like what on earth is he doing? Um, he had no chance of making that. No. And I, so I tweeted that, and people were like, well, because he's a professional kicker, and he should be able to make that. And Zim's trying to show him confidence. And I was like, two things. One, the confidence thing's gone. I mean, forget that nonsense. <laughs> I mean, he has no confidence. And two, it's like, man, you're trying to win a game. you got to pooch punt that and try to pin it inside the 10 and play field position. You just gave them yep. uh, an offense that is struggling. That is that really, at, at that point, you really had no timing, and Brady looked awful early on. You're giving them good field position, so why would you give them that life? It, I mean, that just made no sense. Like, how did Zimmer think he was going to make that based on what he had seen up to that point? Because, you know? because Chip, I I think that Mike and and he is consistent in this manner. I think he is so stubborn and and vindictive is probably the wrong word, but it's close to it that he thought, you know what, this guy's a to the uh, point of, of the people that respond to you on Twitter, this guy's a professional kicker, and damn it, he should make this. Because I thought the same exact thing that you did, which is you are really going to put this guy who right now has not a clue. Like, you could ask him to kick a 21-yard field goal, and it would be dicey. And a week before that, you essentially tried to score a touchdown as opposed to kicking a yes. field goal against Jacksonville because you didn't trust him. You are now going to ask him to kick a 54-yard field goal knowing oh, yeah. full well that he has no confidence in himself. He knows that you don't have confidence in him. So, But I think that's Mike. I think Mike gets defiant and surly yeah. and cantankerous and almost does things as a, well, you should have made it. It's like, okay, Mike, but let's talk about this because he's probably not going to. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, well, I think even after the game, he said, or Monday, he said, you know, I really didn't have a choice. I, you know, I didn't want to go for it on fourth and whatever it was. It was fourth and long. I right? wasn't like fourth and 20 or something. Punt it. But that was like, well, you didn't have a choice. Punt it. I mean, it's not like there's only two options. You could punt the ball. I mean, yeah, it's, you would, you would like to have a kicker that could kick it 54 yard, but you have to know where you're at. I mean, yes, sir. The, the guy who just clearly was done, he was lost. And so, that was not the the point to try to get a guy's confidence back. I mean, it's like confidence back. He has no confidence, and and especially in that game where he, that's what I'm saying. With like with the, the way Tampa's offense was playing, make them drive 90 yards to score. They were not going to be able to do it. No, um, and Brady had looked terrible till then. He looked terrible early. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, was that the drive that he hit the long bomb on? Yes. Yeah, from midfield basically. Short field, and then all of a sudden, like the game just. Did a complete U-turn yes. at that point, you know. And Mike, Mike, your defense not necessarily good enough to hold them. Exactly. Like that's yeah. the thing is is if this was 2017, then do it. That's fine, right? Because yeah. you got you know Rhodes and Wayne's, yeah. but th- yeah. you know, but but I mean, you you 
end up on that play with Chris Jones on the receiver. He was Ooh. grabbing the guy's face mask. He had no, you know, he's he's lost. Was that a bust, Jed? Was was uh, one of the safety supposed Paris. to be there with him? Paris was, yeah. Yeah, I think he beat. I, I think he he bit on a dig route. I think, okay. and so he he Whoa. basically shuffled up for a split second, and by then it, it was too late. But the fact is, Chris Jones in that coverage yeah. is not going to hold up. No, no, and, and Zimmer said, you know, he said one of the plays we had a guy in the wrong spot, so I, I took it to him in that one. In it was Harris, safety. but yeah, yeah, but it's like you're riding on Chris Harris to make the, um, or Jones to make the uh, the play is like uh, so. It, yeah, it, but but yeah, didn't it feel like? The kicking just took the wind out of their sails. I mean, that first quarter, even though I think it ended zero zero, just the way they it dominated it, and it felt like they had complete control of that game, even though they hadn't scored. Yep. But it's just like the kicking just took the the wind right out of the entire team. It did. You know? I think you're exactly right. That's so, ex- when when yeah. he missed when he missed when Bailey went wide. Was it left on the PAT? Well, I thought on the field goal, P-O-T- PAT, okay, but I thought it was the first field goal. Well, and then it's like, uh oh. I think the PAT miss though was a was the you know in Zim's world, I think he basically hoped, hey, he had a bad game against uh, Jacksonville. It'll all be fixed today, and then he missed the PAT, and then he missed the field goal, and you could see yeah. them all be like, oh my god, this is yeah. not this did not end with the Jacksonville game. It's going to continue, and and then Bailey. Bailey was just so. I mean, when Joe Buck is on a national telecast talking about how sorry he feels for you, yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> Joe Buck is like, this has almost become painful to watch. He was right. You know, I agreed. It's, it's, it's like you know, our, 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 our buddy Ryan Longwell. You know, he always had that saying as a kicker, and it's true. Like when you go out there, unlike any other position, you get an A or you get an F. Yep. I mean, there's nothing in between. You, it's either an A or an F. You didn't and, come close, yeah. But I came really close. No, that doesn't get no, you in there, it. Yeah, and it's, it's like, you know, other positions you can screw up and it might not affect you, but, I mean, field goal is just black or white. You either make it or you don't. And it is amazing how just accomplished kickers can get so out of sorts. Mm-hmm. Whether it's technic- I'm sure there's probably, in uh, Mike ran from my paper, talked a long well, and he, he said he noticed something in his technique, and something about his head placement or whatever, but I think as much as anything, it's just those guys start thinking and overthinking and it just becomes mental, and you know? He he actually joined us on the show yesterday, oh, okay. and he talked about this part, too. He said, don't underestimate uh, the change of the long snapper. Be- okay. Because the whole timing can be built off of, you know, I, I know exactly when the snap is coming, and I know exactly how the ball is going to be held, and Longwell's point was if you change that configuration, it can screw mm-hmm. up it can screw up things. Um but again but that's something that Zim and the boys aren't going well, to it. concern themselves yeah. with because they don't you know, they basically just think do your job. Yeah. They don't really think about the art of potentially, at least for a kicker and you know, the guy that holds or the guy that snaps, they don't sort of think about the teamwork process, the art yeah. of that job. Well, and how many how many times did we hear Longwell talk about the operation or any kicker, yep. the operation, the snap, hold, kick, and you know it's such a specialized kind of unique thing that it a lot of times when they say it just kind of flies over my head. I just kind of okay, whatever, you know, like how important is it? Just snap the ball, holding, kicking. You see it a million times, but in their world, 
you know, I'm sure they think any little disruption to that can create chaos, you know, mm-hmm. it, it seems, it seems weird or maybe overblown or, you know, dramatic to say that, but for them, it probably is just cause they do it. It's such a repetition thing, you know, and, and Longwell talked about is like, you know, having Cluey and, and, uh, Colin Leffler for so many years, it was just like yep. second nature to those guys. And yep. yeah, I guess if you, if you, if you change one of those, uh, parts of it, of the operation midstream like that, maybe it can have an effect on it. I don't know. So with Zim wound incredibly tight, what's your expectation for Sunday's game against the bears? Well, that's the thing. And, and we've seen this with Zim before, Judd. It's like, he doesn't lower the temperature, you know. He and how he it. treats us is how he treats the team. And that's what I wonder is like, if he's, I don't think he's just going to flip the switch after getting off that five minute Zoom with us and be normal. I'm guessing he's uptight and tense around yep. practice, too. And, and so does that have an effect on players? Do they feel that? Um, <laughs> the answer you know, is that, yep. Yeah. I mean, we've seen his teams play uptight, right? I mean, yeah. Look at that Bears game two years ago, Judd, at the end of the year. I mean, that was atrocious. I mean, you got Cousins snapping on the sideline. That team just felt like the weight of the world was on their shoulders. Um, and so, you know, the Bears are playing better. I mean, they had the last couple of weeks. They played better. The offense played better. But I still think, you know, they're, they have their flaws. But um, it'll be interesting to see the body language and cause you can tell when a team is tight or, or whatever, you know, just from the way they play. So it'd be interesting. I'm going to be interesting to see kind of how the Vikings mood is. If you can, you know, tell that by body language. Exactly. And I don't think so. I don't think if the Vikings lose th- this game, I don't think it's going to be that the bears win. I think it's going to be that the Vikings beat themselves, um, yeah. but they can, I, I mean, it's We've just, seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, and we, we, you know, have seen this with Mike. We certainly saw this with uh, Childress at times in weeks that he would get incredibly uptight, i.e. the Patriots games. And mm-hmm. and when you have a coach who gets uptight and that translates, especially especially to a team like this, which is not really that good of team. Um, so I think it needs a cohesion for it to be successful. Yeah. And, and so... I'm not going to be surprised if the Vikings don't win, but I'm not prepared to give the Bears a ton of credit. It's just it's just like I feel as if they're going to go into that game really uptight, and I don't know if you can put as much pressure as they're going to put on certain guys and still yeah. win. Yeah, I mean, for the Bears, and I know they played better late, but, I, you know, the memory I have in my mind is watching that offense when we were there a month ago or wherever it was on that night. It's just like, yep. can he be that much better? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was atrocious that night. But in terms of the Vikings and the pressure, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I I look at that game this past Sunday, Judd, and that was a winnable game, man. You know, the way they were playing and – you take the, the kicks and then some of the calls that Zimmer hated um, that maybe, you know, altered or influenced or affected the game. Um, that had to be deflating for them because I, I don't think that Tampa's a great team by any stretch. I no, think they're, no. You know, I, I think that was a winnable game. And so, yep. How to, and I, you know, these guys are human. They they know they probably need to run the table now, right? They They need to win these last three games. And so – 
how's Cousins going to react? You know, how is, you know, some of these defensive guys? And if, if Kendricks is not back, uh, he's not practicing this week, right? He didn't practice again no, yesterday. No, didn't practice again today either. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, um, you know, how they bounce back from a game that they probably felt like they were good enough to win. Answer me this, Chip Scoggins, because this confuses me greatly. Mm-hmm. The last time I checked, January 1st is going to be 2021, okay? <laughs> Answer me how when you're down, and it's an honest question, 17 points, third quarter on the road. You move down the field meticulously. Um, Eight-minute-plus drive. And I know yeah. that you scored, but how on earth does that fit into the football that we know yeah. today? Help me. Well, it is. It is like they don't change no matter what the score is. And it's because it's it's like, let's have a little urgency here, right? I yes. mean, um, And you've got like, Justin Jefferson, by the way. Yeah, you didn't it, throw to him. It, it's, it almost like felt like they were protecting the lead. <laughs> it did, no, no, not almost. You, are, you 100% hit it. Like you're throwing to C.J. Ham. That means you yes. lead by 17 on the road. Yeah. Yes. And it was, um, yeah, it's like, there's no like hurry up. No, let's get down here and score. Cause it's at that point, it's all about possessions, right? You got, you got to have enough possessions. I mean, to, to, to at least give yourself a chance. And it's like, when you're chewing up this clock, when you're down by that much, it's like, where's the urgency? Where's the plan B here? You can't just have a ball control methodical drive that chews up eight minutes of the clock when you're down by seven. Yeah. It, it's, I just don't know if that's in their repertoire, or they don't trust cousins, or what it is. But how can it not be, Chip? I don't like. I don't, I don't know, get Chuck. this. It's it's mad. yeah. You're sitting there screaming. It's like, gosh, throw the ball down the field. <laughs> you know, you can't keep having these long clock consuming drives when you're behind. But it's just like it's almost like the lack of awareness. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, all of if not the vast majority of passes on that on that uh, lengthy drive by the Vikings went to CJ Ham and Tyler Conklin. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just, I'm so confused <laughs> in watching that drive and thinking this is, if you go back to our days on the beat and let's say your wide receiver options are Michael Jenkins and Aroma should do. Okay. I sort of sure. get that. Okay. You don't trust yeah. them. They're, they're, they're old or they're just flat out. Not that good, but mm-hmm. you've got Thielen, and more importantly to me, you've got Justin Jefferson and this is your your game plan because what they've got two safeties back. Like the one thing that Kirk for Kirk's faults, Kirk can take shots. Like he's good yeah. enough to take yeah. shots. He's not he. It, Kirk's big thing to me is you have to ask him at times to make throws that might be dangerous because he can make those throws. And yet you basically said, well, those guys are covered by two because it's uh, Tampa playing a two deep shell, so we won't do it. And I literally am there holding. My head saying, "Are we watching football circa 1985?" Yeah, and the only thing that I, the only thing that maybe defends it is maybe they felt like the line was not blocking well at all. I mean, he had a bunch of sacks. They didn't feel like they could hold up long enough to him to sit back there. Yeah, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Um, the line is definitely, and some of his, and some of his cousins too. Maybe he was holding the ball too long. But I mean, six sacks. 
he's taken a lot of hits. I mean, he had, what, a career high in hits against Jacksonville? 14 against Jacksonville and four sacks. Ten sacks the last two games of Cousins. Ten sacks the last two games, career high in hits. And then yep. this last game, it felt like every time he dropped back, he was, you know, somebody was other. Smothering him. In, and I don't think, I didn't see the final numbers, but it didn't feel like, because what was, you know, everybody said going in, oh, Tampa's the most blitz happy team and they're going to blitz them. It didn't feel like they blitzed a lot. Um, felt like they were just able to do it with four four <laughs> man rushes. Right. Yeah, you know. And so maybe that's what Kubiak was thinking: is like, hey, if we keep dropping him back here, seven step drops, and trying to throw downfield, he's just, we're just going to keep taking sacks. So. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. Yeah, but still, I mean, to, to what you're saying, you have to have urgency. You have to want to move the yeah. ball. And it's like yeah. you can't act like you're up by 15, which they basically yeah. did. So drove me crazy. Um, did you get a chance on Saturday or Monday to watch the Wolves preseason games against Memphis? Or did you get a chance to watch Gophers, Illinois on uh, Tuesday night in the Big Ten opener? I watched just a little bit of the, of the uh, Timberwolves. They were down big at one of the corners, and it's just preseason, so I can't, you know, invest too much. I did watch all of the Illinois game for except for the last minute. Then let's go there. Then, then let's they, go there. They're just, go ahead. I mean, that was a uh, that was a team that was completely overmatched. Um, you know, the top half of the Big Ten is. I've been mean, saying, man, this this league is loaded this year, and uh, the <laughs> the Gophers have it cannot be. You, you can't just expect Marcus Carr to be Superman. And I said this last week, it's like they've got to have more guys that help them. Booth Gotch was non-existent. I mean, it was um, – One, I, po- I don't know. one point. I don't know what happened to him. Free I mean, throw. He, he looked just um, nervous and, and out of sorts, and I don't know if it's because it's, you know. Dockage killed him. Yeah, well, the first big test, he just he just he didn't do anything. He didn't bring anything to the fight. Um and so he's got to be a lot better. You know, Gabe made a couple shots, but he still didn't shoot that great. Just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this roster, I thought it was going to be one of Patino's better, deeper rosters, but um, it's, you know, they could get off to a really poor start here in the Big Ten because they face just a, a tough schedule out the bat. And I just don't like the way they're playing right now, to be honest with you. I, I just don't think they have enough inside. Gabe is too inconsistent. They're asking it's their offense is basically standing around and watch Marcus Carr dribble 25 times. And then yes. try to drive and get, there's just no flow offensively. I mean, it's just watching him and that's not going to work against good teams. And you can beat these, these non-conference teams doing that, but they've got to get more flow and ball movement on offense. And then defensively, it's got to be better. What is Patino's offense? Can you tell right me? Now it's, what, now it's give the ball to Marcus and get the hell out of the way. Um, yeah, and and he's terrific. I mean, he can create shots. He's you know he's a fabulous player. But if he has a tough shooting night like he had the other night, and even if he's great, let's just assume he you know he's dynamite. He can't beat good teams by himself. I mean, these teams, Illinois, Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State, Iowa, the Big Ten is just really, really good this year. And so it, it, it can't just be Marcus Carr dribbling around and, and cranking up 30. That's just not going to work. They're not going to win games that way. No, but I, but I, it seems like that's the system. And Kelsher, I, his shot looks fine, but for the most yeah, part, it never goes. No. Um, 
the big kid from where Drake Robbins. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he, a foul he's, machine, and, and his here, here's the problem: the kid has a really nice outside shot, but, yeah, but he's, at his size, I don't need him to have a nice outside shot. I need him inside, and he fouls a ton. Um, uh, because the, the Gophers got off to a decent start when he was playing and he got two quick fouls and came out. And after that, they were completely sunk. Yeah. And, and I don't know, just, you know, he's facing a lot better players than he saw at Drake. And so he, you know, out of position or steps low and that leads to fouls and, and the points in the paint last against Illinois was just atrocious how one-sided it was. And so. They're going to have to be much better inside, um, defensively, offensively. Um, but like I said, it's like it, it, this offense is just stagnant. It, it literally is just watching. It feels like sometimes Carr dribbles 20 times a, a possession and just, you know, it's just weaving and trying to find a shot to get inside and it's everybody standing around watching. So I, I don't know what their offense is. I don't know if they're trying to accomplish, um, but – uh, it, they play what St. Louis next. They play St. Louis like, on Sunday, yes. Which is not like a bad team. It's not a bad team, and then who they got coming up after that? In the oh, Ten Iowa games. Christmas Day. They, I, I think their first seven Big Ten games are all against ranked top, opponents. Yeah, top twenty-five. It, it's yep. really bad, Judd. I mean, it, it, unless they're going to have to play a lot better. And even if we're being honest, when you look at their non-conference, they were not impressive all the time against those teams. Now, there were spurts. Carr would get hot or whatever, and, and they'd pull away. But it wasn't like you just felt like they were steamrolling these teams. And so, I don't know. I mean, it. I, I felt like on paper, yep. I, I thought this would be a, a tournament team. Um, boy, I don't know. They got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of improvement to make before you feel like you have a lot of confidence in them. Yeah, because they were down, I think it was by 15 to BC before they came back and won that game. Mm-hmm. Viola Marymount, I want to say they beat they beat pretty handily in one of the two games, but then I think it was the second game that Carr had to beat them at the buzzer. But yep. yeah, I, I keep I keep waiting for basketball in this town, Chip Scoggins, to be good, and I keep waiting for because because yeah. I mean this is a good basketball town if the teams give the fan base compelling content to watch, and it just seems like you know far too often it becomes e- easy to check out in January. And mm-hmm. I will say this about the Wolves. And, and as a guy known as Panic, I'm with you. It's two exhibition games. They'll play their third and final one um, on Thursday night against Dallas before they open against Detroit next Wednesday. Uh, so I'm not going to get too upset. But I will say this, and this was especially true in the game they played against the Grizzlies on Monday. There was no effort there on defense, really, at yeah. all. And that, and that to me... When you have not played for what essentially nine months, like that's effort, man. That's nothing yeah. more than effort. Well, and that's that's been the knock on them forever now. It's like it's they give themselves no chance to win. And it's great that you have some scores on there, but if you can't stop anybody, it's like some of their you know like last year you'd watch them. It's like they don't have a chance to win. I mean, yeah. they're so bad defensively, and it's like. And you're right. It's, that's what it is. It's effort. It's it's just wanting to do it. And it, it, I don't really see that changing. Do you? I mean, no. And you, and my you, question is this: Who on that coaching staff can come in and say this BS stops now and be taken seriously? Mm. Saunders, I love the kid. I mean, he's a great guy. Yeah. And and I, I think that he 
one day might be a very effective and good head coach. But can he? Well, hell, can Gerson go go to Cat? Because, I mean, they've done so much to appease Cat. I don't know if you, you can now do a 180 with him and say, but now we're going to be tough. And that's what Cat yeah. needs and I don't. I think it's a. I think it can be accomplished eventually by somebody, but I don't know it can be accomplished here. And I certainly don't know it can be accomplished by the people that, as a player, have enabled him now for a couple of years. And here's the thing, John. <clears throat> they brought in a coach who had tough love. How'd they go? You know, yeah. Everybody rebelled, and we hated him. And right? Butler too. Yeah, and so um, I think it's more the DNA than. Yep. Yeah, and that's you know it's it's they tried that didn't work and so they went the other way and now you think that's going to work? I, I I doubt it. Um, so but it, right. it'll be. I mean, you look at what they've done and they just added so many new faces and these pieces. And you're like, how does this fit? And who's good and who's not good? Can they play defense? I it's like it's confusing to try to figure out what in the hell they're trying to do. To be honest with you, I mean. And and it's you know the West is so good and I, I don't know I mean it's but <laughs> but if they don't but if they don't play defense John I mean it, that's what becomes frustrating when you just watch them run up and down and try to outscore teams 140 to 100. I mean you can't win that way not them no no way no way I told no. you the best call Glenn has to Glenn has to call the league and get them moved to the East. So you're in the same division with the Bulls and the Bucks and the East. I think in the East they they could actually be uh, playoff seating wise competitive. I think in in the West. I mean, th- there's talk about can they get in the play in tournament at this point in time. I think that's a stretch. So yeah, I don't know. In, in the West, yeah. it, it's a huge stretch. Uh, the smart the smartest sports fan in this town. I've decided after I watched the. Uh, the games on Saturday and Monday. The smartest sports fan is your son, though, because that yeah. ja, that John ja Morant. Now that's a guy that I would pay to watch. I he's the smartest one. You know what? Yeah. Bleep the Wolves, and I don't even care about the Grizzlies much. But John ja Morant. Now that's a guy to buy his jerseys and watch. Well, believe me, we, we're buying him. <laughs> I'm sure you are. household. Yeah, my son just Silver. Uh, thanks you very much for that. I know my little guy, not little anymore, he's a freshman, but he's just the biggest Jaw fan and he has his jerseys and, um, you know, he gets the NBA package so he can watch all the Memphis games and uh, just just loves the way he plays. I love the and, fact and, that you guys get the NBA package. <laughs> so I can watch Jaw play. Chipper, is that, is that yeah, just like his, every, is that like his birthday he, Christmas gift for him? I mean, that league pass isn't cheap, right? <laughs> Yeah, we got it last year. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it was. No, it wasn't any special occasion other than he wanted to watch Josh. That's so, awesome. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, he came down after the first game. He he had he knew the whole stat line against the, the Wolves in an exhibition game. I'm like, Joe, it's exhibition, man. Let's, but let's, Joe's know. right. That kid is so much fun to watch. Oh, he's he's terrific. Yeah, he's a great player. You know, five years from now. It's going to be him and Zion and Luca. Yep. I mean, they're going to be the face of the the NBA. Is, is absolutely is always in a good position to kind of pass the torch because they the the young talent that comes in. Um, I think the future's when LeBron and and cycles out of the league. Um, it'll be a loss, but there's so many great young players uh, in the league right now. It's I mean, it's going to be healthy for a long time. And. Meanwhile, baseball can't even decide what the <laughs> rules are going to be for 2021. Are we on the DH or no DH? What are we doing? So Manfred told 
managers, I think it was on Wednesday, be prepared for us to start in February with spring training, you know, full systems, all systems go. You don't even know what your rules are. You don't even know. I mean, and it's it's what? It's almost Christmas time. What a backwards sport. Are they waiting for the vaccine to see if fans are going to be on? Or what are, what are we waiting on? Well, I think that they are. And I think that the intelligent people say, realistically, they're probably not going to start regular season games until May. Um, but, the fa- but the fact is, just tell us what your rules are. And, like, nobody oh, yeah. is signing. I-, I think the Royals lead the league in players signed or traded for so far. Like all these guys are out there, it's just it's it drives me crazy because I want to love baseball, and and we're in this relationship where it does everything possible to drive me away. John, are are are, are teams waiting hmm. to sign players to see if they're going to have the fan revenue from tickets and all that uh, for their payroll, or what are what are we waiting on? For that, uh, yeah, maybe I, I think you know length like, of season. You know, like, if you don't know, so, so if, I, yeah. if you tell me, okay, you're going to have fifty percent fans or seventy five or ten percent or whatever it is. Yep. So then you can be able to project your your revenue streams. But if you if you don't know that, you probably don't know how much you want to spend on free agency. Is that the is that the connecting the dots there? Is that what yeah? But you don't know what fan. But if you do have fans, you don't know. You know, are you go- going to have um, full crowds, capacity crowds? Yeah. Are you going to have? I don't know, Chip. It's so it's so backwards what they're doing and not doing that. I get what you're saying, but I don't even know that they're rational enough to be at that point yet. I don't know. Yeah, I have. Well, I, don't I just have no yeah. clue. Well, I don't understand like why they haven't come out and said the National League's going to do the eight. I mean, what do I don't? That's yeah. Why they wouldn't. I mean, that just seems that has nothing to do with fans. I mean. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and if you're Nelson Cruz, you're like, "Hey, let's go!" <laughs> well, yeah, to, and he, all, you know, make. yeah, I, I assume he'll come back here, but you know, something might blow him away with some huge offer. That's you know? 15 more teams. Yeah, that's 15 yeah. more teams, but they can't decide. And then you know, it looks like we're almost certainly going to have a work stoppage of some sort before 2022. Um, mm-hmm. And Chip, we we don't know about the DH right now. We don't know if they're going to do the deal where the runner starts on second base to start uh, the tenth right now. You got to keep that in, Judge. Seven inning. No, but I mean, yes, I agree, and we should be doing that. But I mean, why? But we don't know. All of those things are still unknown, and it's almost Christmas. And you know, this is a sport that is desperately trying to attract the right type of younger crowd, and they're essentially at the same time telling us nothing. Judd, who should be their commissioner? There's got to be someone there that's respected, that knows the game, that understands the health, and that you can't be at this point. There's got to be somebody in baseball that people would respect more than this guy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy This guy is there, I think, He's a lawyer. to get them through the strike and or lockout before 2022, and that's solely why he's there. Yeah, well, that probably makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean, there's got to be – I mean, like you look at these leagues and their commissioners, it's like there has to be someone more credible that um, yeah. is more of a unifier. And, a silver and type. Underst- What's that? I, I said a guy, you know, you, you, need, you need this league run as closely to the NBA with silver yeah. as possible. That's what you yes. need. Yes. And I don't know who that guy in baseball is. There's got to be somebody out there that, you know, um, could be – more in tune with the game 
Because it just feels like Manfred is just so out of step with what, you know, comments he makes yeah. and just decisions he makes. It just seems like he's detached from it, you know? I also think, Chip, that you need to get younger owners um, who care about the future and not the past. Yeah, like that's, this a well g- thing. that's a well thing, though. Right, you know? but I mean, but I, I think it was... I think Mark Cuban expressed interest in the Cubs way back when and got shut mm-hmm. out. And he's the exact type of forward-thinking person baseball sure. needs. Sure, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, ideally it would be. Um, but that's, you know, you're talking about you need billions. Of, you need billionaires there. And I was, how many younger people are typically. Yeah, technology uh, companies, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I get some of these. You need something. Valley guys. Yeah. But, I mean, this yeah, sport is shooting itself in the foot every day, and it's almost like it enjoys it. And it's maddening because it's a great, you know, if done right, it's a great sport. I know. I know. It is. I mean, it's like, you know, if there's a decision going to be made, Manfred's probably going to make the wrong one. Um, so there, it'll be interesting to see if they get a spring training, right? I mean. Yeah. I don't think they're going to on time. I, I, I mean, I think. Not, probably not. I think, despite what Manfred said on Wednesday, I got to think that they're not probably going to start spring training till sometime in March and start the mm-hmm. season in May. Like they, they need the vaccine widely distributed because I don't think baseball. I mean, are they really going to start in front of no fans or you know two hundred fans? Well, I don't know. They don't want to. I mean, clearly they don't want to go through another year like it went through last year. Right. And so, if it means delaying it a little bit, that they'll. And it's not going to be 100% right off the bat, obviously, but if they get started at 25 and then go to 50 or whatever, at least they'll have some. I mean, there's no doubt those owners want to have fans in there to recruit some money. I mean, they just do not want to have to absolutely lose that kind of – and I understand that. Um, but it doesn't mean you just sit around and don't do fundamental things with the game in terms of how Oh, no, it does. Played. It actually does. <laughs> Baseball's just going to sit, sit around and talk about the old days – Teddy ball game, DiMaggio, <laughs> Mantle, and that that's it. Um, yeah, no, it drives me nuts. And ultimately, I don't think that they understand the damage that they're doing while, you know, NBA passes them by by a mile now. Football Ooh. did long ago. And it's like the rules last year to me were really – and I didn't agree with all of them going in, but once they did them, I'm like, okay, I sort of get this, right? Shorter games at times. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I love to putting the guy on second base in extra innings. It made I mean, that, yes. It, it you know strategy. I'm sure, I'm sure the traditionalists thought it was you know kind of goofy, but I thought it added an element of excitement and strategy yep. and just the way the uh, managers had to handle it. So I, I hope they keep that. Um, hope nationally keeps DH. Um, what were the other ones? Uh, the show, all the double, yeah, seven inning double headers. I like that. That was that was fun. I thought that was I thought that worked, and and have more of them. You know, um, so yeah, I hope they keep those things in place. The problem with that one is that the theory is, um, if you do that, you can't charge as much for tickets to those games, and that the people yeah, that own the teams don't want to do that. But I'll tell you this, as a fan. I will pay the full price of what I used to pay yeah. to go to two shorter games. Uh, yeah, it's just, and th- this all comes down to, I think, what we're going to see between the bickering between the people that own the teams and the players, uh, and they're going to screw this up completely, unfortunately, <laughs> and I have no faith that we're going to end in a good place for a long time. 
And to answer your question, I don't know who is going to want to come in and fix this mess because you're going to have to tell a lot of old school people things that they don't want to hear but need yeah. to hear. Well, yeah, the old school, they think it's, you know, the game is is beautiful in the way it is. You don't need to change. You don't need to revolutionize. And all they, all they need to do is just look at their, their ratings, right, and just the appeal with the average fan. If you think staying status quo is the way to do it, that's not going to work. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Chip Scoggins. Talk to you a uh, couple weeks. Yeah, we'll take Christmas off. Have a take good Christmas, Christmas off, you too. Yeah, all right, brother. All man. right, talk Thank to you, Chip. Bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.